The Nonprofit Happy Hour. A weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do-gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org or in person at Citizen, our nonprofit coffee shop and program space at 3636A North Mississippi Avenue. I'm Molly Jean Bennett. It's giving season, which means you can find Willamette Week's Give Guide all over town. Today we're speaking with Mahala Ray, the executive director of Give Guide. After that, we have a conversation with Tony Vesna of Fourth Dimension Recovery Center. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour. This is always a fun time of year for our show when the Willamette Week's Give Guide comes around. It is really, it brings together, I think, a lot of focus on uh, the amazing work that's been done by nonprofits in the area, uh, as well as uh, opens the door for supporting those nonprofits. And Mahela Ray is uh, at the epicenter of all of that, the executive director for the Give Guide. Welcome. Thanks, Phil. Uh, busy time of year for you. Very busy. <laughs> but I would imagine a fun time of year. Oh my gosh. It's so exciting this time of year. Um, this is actually my first year with Give Guide, And so it's very exciting to see all of the nonprofits like become so engaged with fundraising, um, particularly through Give Guide, And it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. I, I want to talk about this being your first year in a second. Um, let's talk a bit about the process though, because it's not just like, you guys decide you're going to put out this pamphlet, this magazine <laughs> of of organizations. There's there's a long uh, on ramp. There is to this. Yes. How does it begin? How does an organization get involved? How do you select organizations? Totally. What's, what's the process? Yeah. So um, in June we have an open application process. The entire month of June, the first through the thirtieth, and nonprofits um, apply. And then we have a selection committee that then, um, once the process closes, takes those applications and um, goes through the entire process and ends up selecting about 150 nonprofits this year. Um, so it's it's a very, I mean, it's a very thorough process and very exciting to see all of the amazing work that's being done. 150 nonprofits is is narrowing it down, but it's not necessarily pinpointing. So. How does I mean if if I went into a restaurant and I had 150 options I could order from that's that's overwhelming. Sure. So we we actually separate the nonprofits into eight categories, um, which then allows uh, a donor um, to choose a cause that they care about, and then can see all the different you know angles of work that's being done on that particular cause. And how much money ultimately? does this or has it raised? I know that you, you, you're in the middle of it right now, so you don't know how much you're going to raise, but how much has it raised? How much do you want to raise? Sure. Well, our first year um, in 2004, we worked with 28 nonprofits and we raised about $25,000. And this last year in 2016, we worked with 141 nonprofits and we raised four and a quarter million dollars. Whoa. So it's grown significantly. And over the course of um, the entire you know 13-year span that GiveGuide's been around, mm-hmm. We've raised over $20 million for the community. And 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 also part of that is not just raising the money, but you are creating 
uh, a culture of giving. Yes, that is that was the original impetus for starting Give Guide was to engage young Willamette Week readers in building a culture of giving, so that you know essentially we're investing in our community. Can you talk a little bit about that process of how you develop somebody to be a giver who maybe hasn't been before and says, well, I'd rather keep my $5 for my pint of beer? Yeah. Um, so this year we really focused on looking at, you know, the idea that in order to make a difference, you have to give a significant amount of money. A lot of younger people feel that you have to give maybe $200 to make any sort of significant difference, when in reality, $10 makes a huge difference for a nonprofit. And so this year, we really kind of um, spent time focusing on or looking at um, what sort of difference $10 can make or what sort of difference $50 can make and what sort of things the individual can skip like a burrito or a cocktail and give $10 to a cause that they care about and make a significant impact. And, and, and along those lines, I would think that uh, platforms like Kickstarter have, have helped uh, grease the wheels a little bit. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, you you definitely need to engage in new media and, and getting people involved in that regard. And I think that that's something that, you know, Kickstarter and GoFundMe have really, really done well at. So how did you get this job? What 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 qualified you to uh, take over? <laughs> oh, gosh. So that's a funny story. Um, I My background is actually um, event planning and marketing. So um, I come from the world of the music industry, specifically music festivals. And, um, you know, it's the, the funny thing is, is that a, a music festival is very similar to a fundraising campaign in a lot of ways um, in terms of, you know, how you get the money, where you're budgeting. And I think that um, I actually connected through Willamette Week through that. Um, I when I had moved to Portland, I was looking for gigs here and I figured that, you know, connecting with Willamette Week and reaching out and helping them plan events would be a way to do that. And so. Um, when Nick decided to move on, they reached out to me and um, here we are. It's it's a wonderful combination of my background and things that I'm passionate about. Yeah. And, and so Nick Johnson had been the original dire executive director of the Give Guide. Is that correct? The executive director for, I believe, the past five years. Five prior. years. Yep. Okay. Yep. And, and, and uh, so those are some, you know, big shoes to step into. And, and he obviously he has a lot of connections and after five years had created his his own brand and culture for it. Mm -hmm. um, how, what, what, what have you inherited and how do you start to put your own spin on things? Totally. So Nick did an amazing, amazing job of taking the program and building like the foundational and organizational structure for it to be successful year after year. Um, and what, you know, I feel really lucky to have inherited the the program the way that it, I did. And um, one of the things that we're really focusing on doing this year in my inaugural year is to um, bring it back around to that original impetus of engaging 35 and unders. So, um, you know, what we're doing is trying to make it a little bit less formal, um, like most traditional fundraising campaigns, and really trying to like make it more fun and engaging for for younger folks. How so? Um, so there's a number of ways that we're doing that. Um, really working on you know trying to engage fun spaces. So Whitehall Social Club has been an amazing um, partner 
for us. They're hosting our kickoff party. Um, they are also hosting happy hours that we're doing every week where we are going to have cheap drinks and live music and giving um, and nonprofits present. So, you know, there's a lot of different things in terms of being active in the community and creating community engagement in fun spaces that we haven't done in previous years that we're really trying to do this year to engage younger people. Yeah, and, and that, that seems to be a really important part of this as well, is that it's not just uh, clicking a button. And it's not just giving online, which, you know, that that's important as well. Right. Um, but it is having face-to-face -face interactions with the staff from the nonprofits uh, to see other people who are excited about that cause, whether it's environmental or it's social services. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of people that really take pride in being a GiveGuide donor. And that's really exciting to see how people engage with that. What advice do you give to somebody who's trying to figure out which nonprofit or nonprofits to give to? How do, how do you help them through that selection process? Yeah, I mean, I, I would recommend really thinking about the things that you care about a and finding a cause in that, you know. Um, for example, if you care about, you know, if you have a child and you care about their, really care about their education and making sure that they are well educated as they continue to grow and learn in the world, check out the education category and find a specific nonprofit that's working on something that you really care about. Um, I, I think that being able to narrow it down in that way is, is super important to the process. Mahela Ray is the executive director for the Give Guide, Willamette Week's Give Guide. How long do people have to make their decisions and give their money? Sure. The campaign is happening from November 1st through December 31st. Um, good luck. Good luck surviving this period of time. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you for all the work you do. And we're joined in the studio by one of the Skidmore Prize winners. So before we round out your interview, can we just uh, have you explain what the Skidmore Prize is? Absolutely. The Skidmore Prize is a prize that was started by Willamette Week, um, essentially to honor Portlanders who are 35 and under and making a significant impact in the community um, and doing work that really should inspire all young people to um, do things that they care about and to to take action in the community. Mihaela Ray is the executive director for Willamette Week's Give Guide. Thank you for all the work that you're doing. And uh, just, just one more time, where are the different places that people can find uh, Willamette Week's Give Guide? Sure. So um, it's going to be in a lot of um, places that people are very familiar with, like New Seasons or Powell's. It'll be at your local coffee shop in your neighborhood. Um, if you are familiar with any of the participating nonprofits, you can find it at their headquarters. Um, really, it's going to be all over the city. So just keep an eye out for that big pink exclamation point. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Phil. Great. So we're joined now uh, in the studio with Tony Vesna, who's executive director for the Fourth Dimension Recovery Center and one of this year's Skidmore Prize winners. Congratulations. Hey, thanks for having me on today. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk a bit about the work and then I want to talk about the prize some so fourth dimension, uh, it sounds a bit like a, a 60s band. <laughs> <laughs> I've never that, heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not at all what it is. Uh, it's a recovery center. Right. And, and the concept <clears throat> for the fourth dimension, the reason we use that name is because Bill Wilson, who was one of the founding members of, of Alcoholics Anonymous, he talks about this uh, transformative power in one person in recovery working with another person to recover. 
And he equates that to being rocketed into the fourth dimension of it, like, you know, like a spiritual experience. And so that's where we got the name from. Okay. And and how long has the organization, how long has the, the center been around? Since 2012. So we're pretty new. Okay. Uh, and five years, I mean, that, that, that isn't, isn't new. I mean, you've, you've, uh, first five years can be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you been there the entire time? Kind of. So I was in residential drug treatment uh, in 2012. I'm a you know recovering heroin addict, and and I haven't used drugs or alcohol in over five years. And uh, I would go to this warehouse on uh, Mississippi uh, in the industrial area, and and like hang out. And it was just like this sober club. And so just like a bunch of young people in recovery started it. So I've been going there, but I didn't really get involved until 2014 when. Um, I was involved in student government at Portland Community College. I was running a recovery club I had started, and we held a at-risk youth event at the Fourth Dimension. And then the board members pulled me on. Then, talk a little bit more about the warehouse. That's that's fascinating. I mean, it's it's how, how formal or informal was this? Well, I mean, in the beginning, um, what had happened is this warehouse was actually the Twenty Four Ten Club, I believe, and it was like a place where raves happened. And uh, the owner, Stan Herman, you know, was running this space out to these raves. And then that died down for whatever reason. And this guy, Winston Murray, was doing landscaping and somehow he was connected to Stan. I don't know. And uh, he would use the warehouse to like play poker with his recovery friends. And Stan would like come in and offer them beer and they'd be like, we don't drink. And after several times, Stan kind of finally wrapped his head around it. He's like, oh, you guys are like sober and in recovery. And Stan suggested that Winston and, you know, these these other young individuals start a nonprofit. And that's how it started. Oh, and what 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 a I mean, great story about generosity and, right. and uh, empathy. Right. And how so you you ended up you had you had had uh, an addiction and and then you ended up at PCC. Why not count that as a success? Go forward, go into banking or become a computer programmer and and make a clean break from the past. That's a really good question. And, you know, I kind of have this affinity for math. I'm really good at it. And originally I was going to go for green energy. But somebody suggested to me that, like, I should start this recovery club. Right. And uh, and I did. And there was just like an overwhelming um, desire for people to participate. And I kind of started to unpack a lot of the stuff um, that I went through when I was young and how, you know, social factors played into that and stigma and institutional discrimination and other sociological concepts. And uh, I found that I really, really enjoyed creating community and creating social change. Does the math come in handy now as uh, executive director and, and having to deal with uh, uh, funds and <laughs> fundraising and... Uh, yes, it does. It does come in handy. Yeah, very much. I, I want to keep talking about the Fourth Dimension Recovery Center. How, how many how many people uh, do you serve? Well, one very, very important thing to note about the Fourth Dimension is that people only come there voluntarily. So it's not formal treatment. We don't provide counseling. It's peer mentoring. And what that means is, you know, one one person who's in recovery gets certified by the state and becomes a mentor. And then help somebody else out if they want it. And, you know, people come there um, to go to 12-step meetings. They come there for the peer mentor support. Some just come to hang out. And over 600 young people a month come there. 
six hundred young people a month. A month, yes. I mean that that's that's both uh, an impressive number for the services you're providing, and it's also a daunting number to think about uh, the the extent of addiction in the city. Yeah, yeah. I mean, addiction is, you know, in my personal opinion, one of the longstanding unaddressed public health issues that that America needs to um, take action on. Yeah, and can, let's let's chase that idea a little bit. Um, I'm sure that you have some opinions on that. Who who should be doing that? I mean, certainly the nonprofits in the city and in in the region are doing a, a good job uh, with that. But but should that be more? Should that be city hall? Should that be the county? Should that be the state? Well, right now, um, the Oregon ranks 51st in providing accessibility to treatment. And when I say accessibility to treatment, what I'm talking about is. You know, when Tony, like me, for example, when I was, you know, strung out on heroin, and I was on the street and I wanted to get into treatment. I wanted to change, you know, accessibility is when I call to get help, I can get in immediately. Right now, the way it's set up is like there's these wait lists, you know, different sort of um, health insurance uh, barriers. And so that's what really needs to shift. And I think it's, you know, the responsibility of the state of Oregon to address that issue as a public health concern. And as as you've gotten further into your career as an executive director, um, have you been pulled more into that policy side? Uh, yes. So currently, um, I sit on several local and, and state um, government agencies and, and boards and committees that develop policies around peer services. I'm also a steering committee member with Oregon Recovers, and Oregon Recovers is a statewide campaign to change that, you know, 51st in accessibility to first. And really the way that we want to do that is we want to empower the Alcohol and Drug Policy Commission to, to take action, um, to shift some of the process around of how you know, funds are allocated, how we get funds, who determines what kind of policies are enacted. And then the second piece of that is kind of shifting the social stigma, calling out other recovery people to come out of the shadows and say that they're in recovery and participate in, in democracy. Tony Vesna is the executive director for the Fourth Dimension and sounds like a very busy person. And one of the winners of the Skidmore Prize uh, Award that Willamette Week gives out as part of its Give Guide every year. Uh, you brought in a Kendrick Lamar song for us? Yes, I did. Uh, why? I mean, it, he's a great musician, but what is there a significance to it? Yeah, so in um, this Kendrick Lamar song, I, you know, in the very beginning, he he talks about how he's been through a whole lot, like these trials and tri tribulations, but he knows God. And um, that really resonates with me because uh, I, I've just grown up, you know, with a tremendous amount of trauma and uh, I've overcame a lot of adversity. And I think that through all of that and through finding recovery, I've tapped into this like spirituality that drives my work. You know, I, I work at a nonprofit where I don't get paid a substantial amount of money but I get paid a, in like in a substantial amount of spirituality. And, you know, Kendrick also talks about like overcoming kind of insecurities in this song. And like, I just, I have to overcome my insecurity every day. I feel like, you know, as a, as a recovering addict, like I'm not supposed to say that, you know, I, I, I need to not disclose that to the public because of my fear of, of what could happen as a result. But then there's the other side where it's like, no, I am in recovery. I did overcome addiction and I need to say it as much as possible so that people realize people do recover. 
It's a great framework for setting up the song. Let's take a listen. When we come back, we'll talk more with Tony Vesna, who is the winner of uh, one of the Willamette Week's Give Guides, Get More Prizes, and talk about uh, what that means. We got a young brother that stands for something. We got a young brother that believes in all of us. Brother Kendrick Lamar. He's not a rapper. He's a writer. He's an author. And if you read between the lines, we'll learn how to love one another. But you can't do that. Tribulation, but I know God. Satan wanna put me in a bow tie. Pray that the holy water don't go dry. Yeah, yeah. As I look around me, so many, many, many wanna tell me, but they don't be gonna never drown me. In front of a dirty double mirror, they felt me, and I love myself. The world is a ghetto, big guns are taking What you gonna do? Lift up your head and keep moving. Or let the paranoia haunt you. Peace to fashion, police, I wear my heart. On my sleeve, let the runway start. You know the man's about do love company. What do you want from me and my scars? Everybody lack confidence. Everybody lack confidence. How many times my potential was anonymous? How many times the city making me promises? So I promise this. I love myself. The world is again on big guns and Keep y'all on tuck and rotation I duck these cold faces Post up E-5-0 for faces Dreams are realities, peace Blow steam in the face of the beast The sky can fall down, the wind can cry now The strong in me, I still smile I love myself The world is a ghetto, big guns and
That was Kendrick Lamar. This is the Nonprofit Happy Hour. We are really pleased to be interviewing uh, the Skidmore Prize winners who are part of Willamette Week's Give Guide. Uh, Tony Vesna is executive director for the Fourth Dimension Recovery Center. And one of the winners, um, how did you find out about the award? How did you find out uh, that you won? Um, well, one of my board members told me they were going to um, submit me as an applicant for the Skidmore Prize. And then... You know, there's kind of a there's kind of a long process to Willamette Week's Give Guide. So, you know, I've applied for a few years as a nonprofit, and um, you know, this year we got accepted, and I was really stoked about that. And then for the Skidmore Prize, it's kind of a long process too. So it's like the community has to submit an application on your behalf, and then after you know you get vetted, and they're like, okay, you're a, you're a potential winner, you have to submit your own you know application, and you have to get some references on your on your behalf. And then you have to have a, an interview with a bunch of people. And then you get to, you know, learn if you've won or not. <laughs> it's, it, that, that, it's, it sounds like a lot and, and, uh, and it's worth it? Yeah, it is worth it. I, I think it's, um, you know, an amazing honor for me to, to go from being homeless on the street, um, you know, begging for money to, to get my next heroin fix, to being awarded a prize for, for doing something in the community that's meaningful. Yeah, no, it's it's that's it's a it's a remarkable uh, arc, and uh, congratulations on the path that you've you've uh, pushed through. I want to talk about uh, Willamette Week's Give Guide, and also just about how how does the uh, Fourth Dimension Recovery Center get its funding and its support? Okay. This can't be inexpensive. No, um, we serve six hundred people on a like a quarter million dollar budget right now, and the. Uh, the ways that we get our money are through, you know, public grants and public dollars, and that's about 75% of our budget. And then, you know, the other 25% is through our big fundraiser at the end of the year. On December 8th, we'll have a big fundraiser. Um, Gresham Subaru donates about 50000 a year through their Share the Love event. That's been really helpful. And then, you know, we get just donations from people in recovery. And what's your pitch? There's there's uh, 140 maybe other nonprofits in the Give Guide, and and all uh, equally worthy on on their own regards. What's what's your pitch to somebody to give five dollars or five hundred dollars to Fourth Dimension Recovery Center? Well, uh, first I'd like to say there is a ton of nonprofits doing a lot of similar work, um, you know, and it's always great to support whoever. Uh, I think a pitch for 4D is is because there isn't like a youth specific program for people in recovery the way that we do it in the community center model. And with fourth dimension, your money basically goes directly to the client and to the young people there. And what I mean by that is like, I don't use private donations for payroll. That's usually covered by our grants. You know, $10 donation helps support one of my mentors and providing like a meal when they're out mentoring for the client, helps them get to a movie. You know, a $50 donation helps supports our massive monthly uh, recovery events that have up to like 150 people there. Or maybe they'll sponsor tickets to like a recovery event, like an Alcoholics Anonymous event or something like that. It really goes right to the right to the young person trying to recover. Tony Vesna is executive director for the Fourth Dimension Recovery Center. Sorry, 4D. Is that 4D, the right? yeah, 4D. for sure, yeah. Uh, and one of Willamette Week's Skidmore Prize winners. Congratulations and thanks for coming in today. Yeah, thanks for having me. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, 
a certified B Corp that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change in KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is Molly Jean Bennett. Emily Curtis is our associate producer. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, where our handle is Nonprofit Hour. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to molly at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in, and cheers!